Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. So you've just been born. You've got your mum and dad, and they look down at you, and they're asking themselves this question that you have or will ask yourself when you have a baby, and that is, what do I do now? How to be a parent? And what will the implications be for the baby? Parenting is one of those topics that is just talked about so much. And the interesting thing is that there's not a lot of consensus about the right way of doing it. And that's really dangerous because if you go to a bookshop, you can open two different books on parenting and they'll have absolutely different goals and measures on how to be a parent. And this becomes really confusing because all we want is the best for our kids. And so we try to strive what we feel is the best based on how we've been brought up and what we've learned and what we've read. And ultimately, we continue to question ourselves. Now, before I go into this any further, I'd just like to retract this whole conversation onto the topic of goals. Because in my humble opinion, and I work with a lot of kids, I don't talk about it much, but I work with lots of kids and and parents, and the main thing that helps is knowing what your goal is. And the tangent is back to martial arts. So uh, one of the martial arts I practice is Filipino martial arts. And they have a concept called the Hubbard, or which is like a, a flow pattern. Now, if you can imagine, a guy is going to do a hammer fist or a knife strike right at your face. The first thing you need to do is get out of the way. And that improves your position. The next thing that you do is you do a puck or a slap onto the wrist and that pushes the weapon or the hand away from you. So you're in a little bit of a better position. The closest part of the opponent is moved away. And then you instantly replace that slap with your other hand, the forearm on their forearm. And it's a really quick flow. It happens in a microsecond. So it's like one, two. And then now you're in a position where you've actually move the person to the side because you're using your body to push them to the side a little bit. And next, you have the last bit of defense, and that's where your other hand that did the slap reaches over and grabs the elbow just above the elbow and pins it down on the opponent. Now the uh, opponent is turned sideways away from you and you have your front facing towards them. And then you've got your hand, and that's got a clear shot right at their face. Now, in this drill, every single part of it is aimed at improvements, incremental improvements. And that is, number one, get out of the way. Number two, deal with the hand, move the forearm, pin the arm, and then you've got your clear shot. Incremental improvements until you've got your goal, which is to take the opponent out. So... Why did I go on to knife fighting when I'm talking about parenting? The concept remains the same. It's about gradual improvements, focusing on the final goal. But 
not just the final goal, because we all want our kids to be the best that they can be and the greatest and, and whatever, whatever your goal is specifically. But to get there, we have to improve the position and they go through different parts of development, as we all know. And at each stage, we have to take this into account. So let's begin. So we start off with that baby. The baby is absolutely beautiful, but absolutely unable to take care of itself. And because they just don't have a great way of communicating, it leaves us parents waking up all night, checking on them, checking if they're still breathing, checking if they're okay, rushing them to the doctors whenever there's a problem. And we have to remember that our goal for this little baby is not that it can grow up and become the president. It's that it has to be healthy, safe, and happy. And just by focusing on this one goal, or whatever your goal is for that point in time, it makes it so you're not stressed all the time. It takes away that anxiety that we develop as parents and that kids pick up on. And simply by focusing on these simple aspects, we can start to enjoy the process. We can enjoy their happiness and this marvelous time of when they're a baby. And, and when the crying and everything begins, we can look at it that our goal is not that it's time to learn the rules. It's simply that we have to let them be healthy, safe, and happy. Now, this doesn't mean to say that every time they cry, you pick them up. That is totally different. And it's something that is probably beyond the focus of this podcast, but Essentially, there's different types of cryings. Mothers out there know exactly what that means. And so if you pick up the baby every time it cries and it's just a settling cry, then it's probably not going to do much for the baby. Uh, the next stage we have is the toddler. Now, the toddler is really interesting because you start to get some interaction. But it's a double-edged sword because as they start to interact, they start to have more power to do things. And when they have more power and they don't have the the focus and the understanding about society and the rules, we start to focus on adding one extra aspect. We want them to be healthy, safe, and happy, but we want to introduce some rules, help them to understand how things work. And by doing this intentionally, we can make it so that we can focus on what our goal is in the primary, that is making sure that they're safe and enjoying it, but slowly teaching them rules and remembering that at their age, they don't have that strong logic development. So it's more about treating them like they are toddlers. So if you sit down, you've got a toddler and you try and reason with them, the fact is they don't have their logical faculties ready. So although you can demonstrate that this is the way that adults do things, it's better to save that for interacting with adults. So that means that get your logic, get everything sorted out and then talk to adults and do that in front of the toddlers. But when it's time to interact with the toddlers, then you have to teach them the rules as you see fit. Finally, before we move on to the teenagers, we have the child. And this is basically just one level up from toddlers. It's all of the above that we've mentioned, but it's mostly focusing on rules and behavior and trying them not only that they are well behaved, but they start learning what's beyond the reasons we're doing things. So instead of, for example, telling the toddler, don't do this and either smacking them or telling them off or whatever your view is on discipline, if they go to touch the PowerPoint, 
when you have a child, you tell them what would happen if you did that. Or if you're trying to give them positive reinforcements, you should continue piano lessons because, and then you talk about some of their role models, whatever it is, and you start to ingrain it until they start to take some responsibility for their behavior. Now, the step up is teenagers. Now, teenagers is all about autonomy. As they start to develop, they still love their parents, but they're conflicted because they start to develop this degree of independence and they still need so much guidance and support. And it feels like a balancing act for so many parents. Remember, we want them to be healthy. We want them to be safe and happy. We want them to have an understanding of the rules and behavior. And we want them to start focusing on being productive. And so by demonstrating and role modeling what this looks like in your life, and that means not putting your life on hold for your kids, but having your own goals and dreams and showing that you're able to reach these things by communicating with other parents and adults in the way that you would like them to behave by role modeling that they will pick up on that. And not only that, just spending time with them, showing them the way that things work and how that they can achieve what they're interested in. It's at this stage where you really have to start taking interest in what your child likes. And once you understand what they like, then you can start to build that bridge and walk towards them and get closer. And you can start to form these bonds, which will strengthen the relationships as they become an adult. Now, as they become an adult, they still need their parents, but there has to be a rite of passage or initiation, a time where they actually stop being the child. They stop being the dependent and they become independent. And once they become independent, we support them from afar in ways that we can. So if your child is out on their own, you have to decide what are the things that you want to support them with. This should not be in terms of just giving them money and giving them support without letting them do their own challenges and struggles. And you can get creative with this. So if you have an adult child living at home and you've decided, hey, I'm going to make this child pay rent so that they can learn about responsibility, then I've heard of a case that a parent has actually saved up all of that money and when the child's moved home and they've gone to buy their first house, suddenly the parent's given them all the money that they saved up in rent and passed it on to the child. Now, whatever your situation is, it's different. It's not telling you specifics. It's telling you the principle. And that is that we never stop being parents to our children. So a couple more remarks, and that is that how people plan for steps one to four, that's the baby, toddler, child, and teen aspects, yields result X. Now, the interesting thing is that people are not intentional. They just parent as they think that they feel it should be done. They they have this way, I was brought up this way, or they have this thought that this feels right, or or worse yet, it's all about them. And suddenly they get surprised because everything that they'd done, they wanted to get result Y, but they got result X. Being intentional about each state will drive the next and will drive you to the direction that you want and ultimately help you to get your goal. Now, as I said before, there is so much information out there on parenting and you have to be really discerning about it. We need stable families, strong parents, strong fathers, strong mothers, 
people that are there to raise their own children and to bring them into the world and teach them the right way to do things. Parenting brings in the next generation and therefore shapes society. So it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And it's something that you can't just pick up a book or even listen to, say, this podcast or anything and then take it as gospel. You have to really understand things from first principles and make up your own mind. It's like there was a magazine that I heard of and they were talking about relationships, how to make relationships stronger. And they were talking about the best way to make a relationship stronger is by engaging in cuckoldery, which is when the lady gets to have other partners and the guy knows about it. And this strengthens relationships, supposedly. Interestingly, about six or 12 months later, the publication received a flood of letters saying that, hey, we tried this and our marriage dissolved. It's too important to try and do these silly tips that people give you without taking into account the principles behind it. So find out what your intention is and work with it. Finally, remember that love is the mandate of parenting. Punish behavior, but not the child. And as I said before, always be discerning with literature. Still read and learn as much as you can. Talk to others. But you are responsible for this. And the stakes are extremely high. Always be principle-based. Remember that there is no perfect parenting. And if any of this advice that I've given you sounds like it's a little bit off and you want to say, agree with a textbook that says, raise your child simply with love, without restrictions or boundaries and supporting them for whatever they want. Just look at the results of what it yields. Unfortunately, I see too many children and they're the product of parents with absolutely no boundaries and they grow up entitled and without any discipline and generally not useful members of society, but worse yet, not actually happy within themselves. Think about what you want look around at the principles, look at what it's caused people to become in the future, and then make your decision. So this journey of parenting, if you're engaged with it, I take my hat off to you, I wish you well. If you're not a parent yet, make sure you're ready for it. It's an incredible journey It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's also the most rewarding thing ever as well. And as I said, we have to learn as much about being parents as we can to bring in the next generation. Speaking of which, our next guest is a return guest. He is Jeremy. He came on for the podcast on procrastination, and now he's developed his own podcast where he's talking about parenting. So here's Jeremy to talk about parenting. Hello, this is Jeremy the Kung Fu Guy, husband, father, Kung Fu master, Pan-American champion, and actually, I've been on Michael's show in the past, June 10th of 2019, to be technical. Today, we're going to talk about parenting and empowering your kids to speak up, own their voice, and create their own emotional safety. All of us as adults, let's be honest, we got issues. Everyone. I'm of the belief everyone, everybody has ish to deal with. Or let's say poop because we're going to keep this PG. 
metaphorical poop and you could even say literal poop, right? And if you've dealt with babies, you know they got a lot of literal poop to deal with. Now, here's the thing. If we can be like the earth, we can take all of the poop that we're given in life and we can work through it. Think of it like fertilizer that's being worked into the soil. Fertilized soil can grow the most beautiful flowers. So what would happen if we work through our own poop, our own issues and challenges and pains, instead of simply burying them by being too busy or numbing ourselves with drugs or alcohol or Netflix? And even more powerfully, what if we could raise our kids in such a way that they can work through their own poop as it's happening or pretty quickly afterwards and use it as fertilizer for new growth, new wisdom, new understanding in their lives? That's my mission, helping parents to empower their kids, speak up, own their voice, and create their own emotional safety. So how do we do that as parents? How do we do that when our parents didn't do that for us? Well, I have a few ideas for you. First, we're going to talk about parenting as a game that you and your kids can win with each other. We'll talk about that in a moment. Second, we can give our kids opportunities to succeed or learn. We call it pros and grows. More on that in a moment too. And finally, we're gonna talk about realizing that how you approach your kids, how they're living their lives, it's their life. It's not a better version of the life that you wish you had had. They're gonna have their own choices. They're gonna have their own decisions, their own consequences. So I'm gonna give you a two-pronged way to think about your approach to parenting with your kids and why your kids might be in your life in the first place. So let's start with this idea of parenting as a game. And I want you to think about the idea of a game where you can win and I can win at the same time. And I know that seems weird at first because it's like, wait, you can win this game and I can win this game and we could do it at the same time. And the truth is, uh, yeah, actually we can. So we got to define what does that mean when we say win, if we're going to talk about a game that we both can play. So the thing I want to give you for winning is right where you are, just sit up, shoulders back, head up, nice and tall, and tap yourself in the chest. Do you feel weak or do you feel strong? Tap, tap, tap. So that right there we call warm, big, and happy inside. We call that positive energy. Now the opposite of that, if you sit all the way back in your chair and notice what it does, it starts to smoosh your shoulders in. You start to round your shoulders and drop down. That's called small side or cold. We call that negative energy. So which do you like better? Do you like being all small and squished down or do you like being nice and big? And most people are going to say, well, I like feeling big. I like feeling happy. I like feeling warm inside. And if you don't, if you like to feel small and sad and cold inside, then you've got bigger issues. We need to talk. Like seriously, we need to have a conversation and figure out what's going on. But if you're in that place where I like to feel warm, big and happy, that's what we mean when we say playing win-win games is you get to feel warm, big, and happy and the other person, your kids, your partner, the other person gets to feel warm, big, and happy at the same time. See, there's two types of games in life. There's either positive games, win-win, or there are actually three kinds of negative games. The negative games are one person wins and one person loses, one person loses and one person wins, or both people lose. And so if you're in a relationship with people, if you're interacting with your kids and they never have a way to win, all they get when they mess up is pain, 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 
Well, how long before they start to pull out of that relationship, if not physically, then mentally and emotionally, right? Kids can't usually abandon the family physically, but mentally and emotionally, they can pull back, they can withdraw, they can wall off. Think about in your own childhood, where did you get pain and had no opportunities to win, no opportunities to recover? Did you like that game? Was it worth playing? Did that help the relationship or did that hurt the relationship? So the first thing is start to identify the games. And games is all about behavior, my friends. It's all about the things we do because we're all energy addicts. Literally, we need energy or we will die. We need energy from the food we eat. We need energy from the sun. You can actually go crazy if you're not getting enough sunlight. Too much sunlight can be a problem too. But babies, if they don't get enough love, they cease to exist. It's called failure to thrive syndrome. And without love, without touch, without connection, without communication, babies cease to exist. So if that's true for us at a very instinctive, deep level when we're babies, it's still true as adults. It's still true as we're growing up. So pay attention to your behavior. Look at the energy and what energy are you rewarding? When do you give your kids the most energy, positive or negative? Because if we're energy addicts, and we are, then we will pull energy through manipulation if we can't get energy from motivation because we need the energy to survive. So if my kids mess up and I yell at them and that's a huge amount of energy, but when they do an awesome job, I just expect that and I say, well, that's right. It's about time. And they get no energy from doing what I asked or what I wanted or what I expected. Where are they going to go? Are they going to live in that place of my expectations or are they going to constantly mess up to pull my energy out and to get it from me? So that's the first step to empowering your kids. Give them power. Acknowledge them. When they're doing the things that you want, say thank you. That was awesome. I appreciate that. You're incredible. Good job listening. Give them reinforcement. Give them validation. Give them energy. I had a, a military family in my martial arts program and the dad was a pretty large person, very intense. And his seven-year-old son would not look him in the eyes. And when he didn't, dad would get really mad. How dare you? And you look at me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. And I was just like, whoa, dude. And so I watched this interaction a couple of times. And I was like, hey, dad, do you like that energy flow with your son? Oh, no, I hate it. But he just doesn't look at me. So would you be willing to entertain a different kind of game? Just try it out for a few days, see what happens? He's like, absolutely. I said, great. Here's what I'd like you to do. Next time you're talking or you notice whatever and you see him looking you in the eyes, just say, hey, I noticed you're looking me in the eyes. I really like that. You look good. High five. That's it. Don't require it. Just catch him when he's looking you in the eyes, mom in the eyes, siblings in the eyes. Anytime he looks anybody in the eyes, just notice that and be like, hey, that looks really good. You look strong. I'm proud of you. Thank you for doing that. Give a little high five or give an elbow, you know, elbow to elbow. Call that elbow love. Give a low five, which is your feet. You do a high five with your feet. Just acknowledge it. Within a week, that young man, that seven-year-old boy, was now looking at his dad almost all the time in the eyes because he wanted that acknowledgement. He wanted that energy flow, and he didn't know how to get it except by not looking. So when he did look, now dad's giving positive energy. Dad gets to be more proud of his son. Dad gets to say, dude, you're awesome, which indirectly means dad is awesome too. That's what we call a win-win game. So your first step is learn how to play win-win games. Focus on that warm, that big, that happy. 
Now, the second thing I said was to give kids opportunities to succeed or to learn. We call that pros and grows. Now, the idea there, see, when you ask kids about discipline, what is discipline, kids? When I'm in trouble. What are consequences? When I'm in trouble. Those aren't true. Discipline is when you do what you're supposed to do, no matter whether you like it or not. The problem is, a lot of grown-ups, they use discipline as an act. Discipline is something I'm going to do to you, versus discipline is a characteristic that you possess. So we've got to raise our kids to understand discipline is not, you mess up, I give you pain, because that's punishment. That's how most adults actually use the word discipline. We want to use the idea of discipline is... Discipline is you tell yourself to do what you're supposed to do, no matter if you like it or not. You don't have to want to do it, but you still have to do it. You got to brush your teeth. You got to clean toilets, dude. If we don't clean toilets, the bathroom gets disgusting. So I want to give my kids opportunities to succeed. And if they mess up, okay, what do we need to learn from this so that we can do it better next time? And notice I said, what can we learn from this? Not you learn from this. Because we as team, you as an individual, you are on your own. We are in this together. We are a family. So what do we need to learn? And we call that pros and grows. Pros, here's what right. Grows, here's what we can improve. So the consequences, when your kids do an awesome job, say, you know what? You know what? I think this room looks amazing. So I guess you're going to have to face some consequences. You want to do pizza for dinner tonight? I'd like to do pizza for dinner tonight. And I think you did an awesome job. See, we only use the word consequence when kids are in trouble. We only use discipline when kids are in trouble. Those become negative words. They're just words, guys, gals. So we want to approach this in a slightly different angle, if that makes sense. So consequences, discipline, same thing, right? It's you're telling yourself what to do. Oh, I love the way you told yourself to do that. That was awesome. High five. Because you did that, I know I can trust you for this bigger thing. Because you put your bike away, eventually that means I know I can trust you when it's time to borrow my car. And your eight, nine, ten year olds going, wait, I can borrow the car? Well, yeah, when you're 16, but you keep doing this. You keep moving this direction. The consequence of you having discipline and putting your toys away is going to be you could borrow the car because I know I can trust you. I know you're responsible. I see it. You're doing awesome. High five. And the other thing we want to start doing is we want to destigmatize this idea of quote unquote failing. See, I don't believe in failure. I believe in the success you weren't looking for and the success you were looking for. When should you stop? So we want to train our kids, train ourselves to understand the only way to fail is to quit. When you quit, you can never win. But as long as you're slogging away, you might be getting D's right now and you're learning exactly what not to do anymore so that you can start getting those A's. See, we have this idea that failure is to our right and success is to our left and we're in the middle and we walk away from failure to get to success and that's not true. The truth is success is wrapped up in failure and no matter what angle you approach success, you have to move through failure because you're learning what not to do to arrive at the success that you desire, the success you want to achieve. So your kids mess up, you go, great, what do we need to learn from this? How can we improve from this? What have we now figured out never to do again, right? And in my family, we create family rules. As an example, we just got back from a vacation to Disney, which was awesome. But new family rule, when you're traveling with a four, now five-year-old and two 17-year-old exchange students and a mom and a dad, no more 5 a.m. flights. 
or 7 a.m. flights because we got to get up at 5 or 7 a.m. flight we got to leave at 3 I mean it's just ridiculous trying to get from Disney we had to get up at 3.15 to get to the station to be ready to pick up by 10 till 4 to then be on the bus for another hour and a half before we actually got where we needed to be just because of Disney and going all the properties and everything so yeah we're, we're making new family rule because that's just something we learned and you know what this is just too much pain I don't want to do this again so new family rule. And the cool part is in my family, anybody can request a family rule because we all vote on it when we have a family meeting, right? The five-year-old could suggest a family rule when she feels something is frustrating. See, we're giving her agency to power. We're giving her the ability to speak up for herself because we listen. Again, consequences, Miss Evie, when you ask politely. Consequence, you get it. If you whine about it, the answer is always no. So figure out how you're asking, young lady. So give your kids opportunities to succeed or to learn. The other thing I want to say there is um, I worked with a family and nine-year-old did something he shouldn't. He took some money out of dad's wallet, but nobody noticed until he put it back. And then they dropped the hammer on him. See, he took the money because dad lost his wallet. So the boy found it and was like, oh, I found the wallet. He's like, oh, here it is. But he took a couple dollars out and it bothered him. And after a while, he felt guilty. So he wanted to put the money back, but he got caught putting it back. And they got really mad. And so they took away his screens. They um, canceled. They were supposed to go to a movie. They didn't go to the movie. He had to pay dad back for the tickets for three adults plus him. Then if he wants to go to the movie, he has to buy everybody else's tickets again. Kid's nine. Doesn't have a job. So he doesn't have a lot of money. So that's not really you know a game he can win at all. So he lost the movie that was supposed to be a special family thing the next day. He lost screens. Plus, he could only earn screens back after... He picked up all the poop in the, in the backyard from the dog, plus pulled all the weeds. But he was only allowed to pick up the, the poop and the weeds on the weekend, except the next coming weekend was going to be mom's time. So he's going to have two weeks minimum where he can't have screens and he can't have uh, you know, you know, video games, movies, any of that kind of stuff. So how does he win? How does he earn this back? Because all that is is just pain. This, is one, this literally was the first time he'd ever done anything like this. And I understand the family wanting to set a strong example and saying this is not okay and they put a lot of pressure into it. But if that's how they handle things, how does he win? How does he recover? Now, if that had been my family, if that had been my son, first time I'd have been like, dude, this is not okay. I, I, I appreciate that your integrity bothered you and you put it back. That was the right thing to do. High five. I'm proud of you for that. But taking stuff, but why did you feel the need to take it? Do you need an allowance? Do you need to earn some money? What was going on there? And there's not going to be any punishments right now because I don't think that it's warranted. However, if something like this happens again, there will be punishment and it will be painful. So if you want to have that conversation, mess up again. But if you don't, I'm going to trust you because you, you showed me you have integrity. You showed me you have a conscience and I love you for that. But I'm going to make it clear it's his choice where we go next. It's not something I'm doing to him. It's something I'm doing for him. And this leads us to the third part, which is realizing your kids are living their own lives, not a better version of the life you wish that you had had. Well, I wish I had done this and that and the other. I had a family come in and they wanted to enroll their six-year-old in my martial arts program. They were trying to figure out, well, how can we fit this in with tennis, horseback riding, lacrosse, swimming, piano, gymnastics, so six different activities at six years old, and then they're trying to figure out how to put in martial arts. And I said, respectfully, I don't want to enroll you guys. And they were like, excuse me? And I said, please understand, I, I get what you guys are doing, and it's great. You want to provide all these opportunities for your children. 
I think that's fantastic. However, this is a six-year-old, not a project. When does this six-year-old have a chance to just relax and be a kid? And the parents were kind of looking at me dumbfounded. One, nobody ever talked to them like that. But two, they hadn't even considered that. Parents, just so you know, kids can really pick activities by about um, 13 to 15 years old. That's when they can pick activities and commit. So before that, rather than putting them in tons and tons and tons of programs, do short little trials of a bunch of different experiences so they kind of get an idea of what things are. And then as they get a little older, they can make decisions. Give them that freedom. So understand that. Second, I want to offer you what I call the two-pronged way to think about it. As a parent... Rather than think you're there to teach your kids, what if your kids were there to teach you? You think you know what life means, then you have kids, and then you learn what life really is all about. Because your kids don't know all of your expectations and projections and ego and fear and all the experiences you had in life. They just lived. So instead of us trying to be their teacher, I'm going to offer you two different mindsets. Number one is you're a guardian. It's your job to guard them from certain negative things or, or guide them as the other side of this guide guiding them to and through different experiences and guarding them from negative influences. And I think if you become, think about it as guardian and guide to your kids, but let them be your teacher, you're going to have a much more interesting life and a much better life on their side and on your side. And you're going to have the ability to let your kids have power because ultimately it's their life. It's their consequences. We're just there to facilitate it. So go back through those steps again. Number one, play win-win games. You feel more big and happy, and they feel more big and happy at the same time. And if things aren't working, then it's either win-win or no deal. Okay, I don't like this game. Let's back up. Let's change something. Let's, let's adjust something. How can you earn back? Number two, discipline. It isn't something you do to your kids. Consequences aren't bad. Discipline is a skill. I tell me to do what I'm supposed to do, not anybody else. So we want to instill that in our kids and give them opportunities to grow and improve. Pros and grows. What went right? What could be better? Number next, the only way to fail is to quit. When you get results that you don't want, don't stop. Change and keep going until you get the results you do want. And then finally, your kids are your teachers. You are the guide, guardian, guardians and guides. So I'm going to give you a couple of little ideas to start opening these frames for you and your kids. How can you empower them? How can you help them have their own power and really own it? They can express themselves. You're always there to listen. You're always there to take their input. And that's it for me today. This was just a quick, short little thing. And if you'd like more or you want to get in touch, you can find me in lots of places. But the top three is facebook.com slash Jeremy Roadrook, J-E-R-E-M-Y-R-O-A-D-R-U-C-K. I am literally the only Jeremy Roadrook on the internet, so pretty easy to find me. Number two, go to www.theparentingprogram.com. That's my main site for the parenting that I do. And then you can catch me on youtube.com slash kungfuguyjeremy, K-U-N-G-F-U-G-U-Y. J-E-R-E-M-Y, Kung Fu Guy Jeremy, and I have videos up there and content, all kinds of stuff. So that's it. I'm out of here. You guys make it an outstanding day, and I will see you when I see you. Thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.